This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Esler. We've officially made it to the last week of what you would consider the college football regular season. We're going to be looking at the one standalone game. As always, we'll go through five NFL games. We'll talk a little bit of strategy when it comes to betting bowls, but just first want to get it out there. Please share Winner's Take with your friends. Continue to download, listen, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. If you want to find any more of our content, you can find it on Twitter. I'm at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler or at pregame.com. Dave, we've made it. We're about to get into bowl season here. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I normally dread it because it's just a lot different. It's a whole different animal, a lot of work, a lot of um Fluid situations, so you got to be on top of them in order to get good numbers. But uh, I feel like I'm in a good place. Like, you don't have to bet every bowl game. I mean, some people do. Um, but, you know, those that do it to make money don't. So I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. Now, that, that may be a false sense of security, but I'm ready. If we take into consideration the Army-Navy game on Saturday through the national championship, I believe you have 44 more college football games left to bet on for the year well that's like what yeah i'll probably bet maybe a third of them i would say i I know what i'll do i'll I'll bet a third of them like real money and i'll probably bet 10 more like yeah okay i'm gonna i'm a degenerate it's on it's two o'clock in the afternoon i got nothing else to do (laughs) i mean i'm just being honest you know i mean even though i do this for a living i'm sometimes i have to have that little degenerate in me satisfied too Totally get it. But let's jump into our first and only college football game. We're going to look at Army and Navy, the standalone 2 p.m. Central Time game. Currently, look at the lines in this one. Army favored by two and a half, three points, depending on where you look. But the total's interesting because, Dave, I can pull it up on FanDuel, which is pretty public. That's sitting at 28 and a half for a total. But if you pull up DraftKings, another pretty public book, that's at 27 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for the one college football game this weekend, Army-Navy? Yeah, I mean, how many unders in a row have we gone with these guys? I mean, at some point, it's too low. But I think the weather is not going to be ideal Saturday. That really doesn't favor either team because neither one of them throw the ball a whole lot. I think just because if I – you know, Army had had a good run early, and I think maybe some of this line is predicated on that. Uh, and Navy did fairly well later. Right? If I can get three points in a, in a game that might not see 28, I'll take Navy with the points. So Dave's going with Navy. I actually kind of lean that way. It was I felt like both these teams were pretty even. The fact that you could catch points in a low-scoring game, I don't think you could go the wrong way with the dog. But I actually looked at the over. This might get down to 27 flat if you continue to wait. As all I hear all week, the last two weeks, is – Naval Academy, unders. Army Academy, unders. Just anything with a military academy, take the unders. And then obviously in this game. But if you look at this total that's current at 27 and a half, the last three out of four would have went over this total. The last six out of 10 would have went over. And the last 15 out of 20 all would have went over. I think it's just like last year, it's time to play the over, Dave. Uh, I think the total was 32 last year. 
and it got over, but it needed overtime. I know we were going back and forth during that game. I think this year, the fact that it's even lower after taking an over and you're hearing everyone say bet the under, bet the under, I think I'd have to go over. Yeah, I mean, I say that every year, and I would agree with you if I were going to bet the total that I would bet the over. I mean, you know, the one thing you can't handicap is turnovers. If it's wet turnovers, well, where are they going to occur in the, you know, in the other guys? Uh, red zone or in your red zone and you know if you get at one or two turnovers in opponent's territory um that could lead to some some relatively easy scores you know hopefully they'd be touchdowns not field goals but I, i'm with you if i gotta bet the game i'm taking the over at 27 and a half um that's what i would do Dave, we were going back and forth during the last Army-Navy game last year. And remember, talking about those turnovers, it looked like that game was 100% going to go under. I think it was like 32, 32 and a half. Looked 100% like the under was going to hit. And then a couple of turnovers late and like one long random pass from a military academy and boom, go over five points. Yep, that's all it takes. You know, especially in a game that's supposed to be close. You're probably going to get some some late scoring, I think, usually in that game. So I think another way to look at that is if it's really, you know, if it's if it's you know seven to three or ten to six or whatever at at uh, at halftime, I would take a second half over uh, when they start making a few adjustments. That's another way I would look at an in-game bet. So there you go. That that's the standalone college football game of the week. Army, Navy. Now, Dave, we mentioned how bowl season was right around the corner. And there's a lot of different ways to go about betting bowl season because you have 40 plus bowls here in the next month or so. Uh, Do you have any strategies for betting bowl season? You have to bet early and be sort of doing it full time to get the best numbers. You know, a lot of those numbers got hammered like right away. And Sometimes those tend to be overreactions. In other words, you know, if this were that easy, then you could just follow those. You'd probably never lose. But, you know, this is not new news, but a lot of balls are about motivation. You know, you have a team like USC that had aspirations of winning a national championship and having a Heisman Trophy winner. Well, Neither one of those things are going to happen. And said Heisman Trophy winner is not playing in this game. And now you look at Louisville favored by more than a touchdown. Well, a lot more USC guys are probably going to sit out than just Caleb Williams. And, like, USC totally doesn't give a shit. Um, Louisville does. I would still lay the seven points with Louisville right now. You know, and you know, and then you look at, like, the Notre Dame game. You know, Hartman could sit out. The biggest example is the uh, Missouri-Ohio State game. I mean, Missouri's now a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I love Missouri in that game. They're bringing everybody. Nobody's sitting out. And to them, that's a that's a program statement game. I think they're ranked ninth, and, and it's been a program season for them. You know, they want to win. I mean, they're all in here. And, you know, a team like Ohio State, well, they're not in the Final Four. We know the quarterback, so we don't know if Marvin Harrison's going to sit out. I heard today that Harrison and their running back were offered NIL deals for next year that were, you know, akin to what they make in the first round of the draft. I don't know if that keeps them from sitting out or not. Um, but they, they have a lot of other guys that are sitting out. And honestly, I didn't think Ohio State was all that good in the beginning. So, you know, I love Missouri, but that's already got 
like the opt-outs are kind of already there. Anybody else that opts out for Ohio State's only a bonus for me. It'll only make the line go higher. There's a lot of games like that. I think your USC example is a really good one because just go one further to USC last year where Caleb Williams looked like he was going to win the Heisman, but at the same time they were crushed losing in that Pac-12 championship game. And then they had to turn around and play, you know, the best G5 school in Tulane and Tulane beats them in a shootout. That was even with a game where Caleb Williams was playing. And I think, uh, was there one couple of years ago where half of the LSU team was either sitting out for the draft or going into the transfer portal in Coach O's last year where they were playing? I think it was like a Kansas State, but they were using a wide receiver at uh, quarterback because they had no quarterbacks available. Yeah, and, and, and this year it's only magnified because of the transfer portal. I mean, there's, a you know, we, we talk about the opt-outs and, and the name guys, but, you know, you look at, you know, a team like, you know, a mid a mid team. You know, a lot of those guys are transferring. You know, I mean, let's look at a team like Iowa State. You know, they've got. I think their starting backfield is out. Um, transferring actually, and uh, and and three defensive players. So you know, guys will transfer. Like, well, you know, I, I you know I want to play on a better team. Um, I want to play on a lesser team because I can start for whatever reason. So it's no longer really just the elite teams that are losing the elite players. There's a lot of second tier teams that are losing a lot of players. Now they did make a rule where there are some exceptions to where if you go in the transfer portal, you can still play, but I suspect that, that, you know, zero of that's going to happen this year. So, you know, looking at the bulls, it's all about the information, which is always about information every single day of the year. But when it comes to bowl games, it's, it's about information. I mean, you know, you and I talked before you hit record, and I'm prepared. And I think you took it mean like, okay, I'm done. I'm not done. I'm as prepared as I can be for today. You know, I know who's not out. I know who might be out, yada, yada, yada. I've made a handful of bets on things that I, I either don't think will change or or probably already have the best number. But now it's just about, you know, being at the ready when, you know, social media announces that, that player X is, is out or in. And, uh, firing away at it. I mean, like I said, it's a fluid situation, you know, find, you know, if you're going to bet either, you know, find somebody to get information off of that does it for a living or, or just bet small because, you know, and, and not all these line moves are correct. I mean, oftentimes that's, it's an overreaction and especially with some of the better teams, because, you know, I mean, Alabama is a good example that when, you know, somebody gets hurt, they just got another five-star guy or at least a four-star guy to come in behind them. So I think it's I think it's more of a factor for the second tier of teams, but it, it, it's going to happen. Um, and not all the line moves are going to be right. So I would just say don't follow them all blindly. Just to kind of put a bow on that conversation, I was going to say for the guys like you that do this for a living that have dug into the bowls, you know, for the last week plus, you might be able to fire on some of these early, whether you have some inside info or some hunches after you know collecting all the data for the common person that's probably just pulling up the bowl games very briefly or more seriously you know a day or two before i almost feel like if you're not out there with all the information your probably best bet is to wait until you know a day or two before when you know as much information as possible and can make the best decision from what you've gathered if that makes sense yeah i mean normally i would say that's not true but in both seasons it probably is and don't forget you know, if, if you make a bet on a game that's three weeks away, 
and information changes and you say, well, I wouldn't have made that bet. Just buy off of it, you know, just just eat the juice and, and take the other side or or whatnot. I mean, I do that quite a bit when I know for sure I'm well, for sure, as for sure as I can be that I'm going to get the best line and, and I like the game. I'm going to take it. And if, you know, even in the NFL week to week and, you know, if somebody gets hurt in practice or or other information comes to light that would have maybe changed my mind. Well, well, I'll just take the other team or or find a way to get off of it or or tease it and find a way to try to middle it. I mean, it's all about risk and, and how much you can afford to do. But I, I'm not afraid to make a bet I might regret because you can always change your mind. That'll do it for our college football and just kind of some advice during bowl season. Uh, let's shift gears here, Dave, to the NFL where we actually do have 15 games. Last two teams taking their bye, but uh, first game we're going to jump into for the NFL is going to be the Los Angeles Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. Currently, Ravens favored, depending on where you look, by seven, seven and a half with the total sitting there around 40 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for our first NFL game here? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't love this game much, but, you know, it's not likely the Ravens are going to lose this game after a bye. But the Rams have been putting up points and, and you know, it's a matter of can Baltimore cover in a in a lower-ish scoring game. And, you know, seven's quite a bit. And, you know, I think the Ravens and the unders should be the obvious and, and, excuse me, extinctive bets. But, you know, for as bad as the narrative's been about the Rams, they're a 500 team. They're in the playoff hunt. They've lost two games by more than a touchdown. And zero that Stafford has played the whole whole game in. So I'm not going to throw them under the bus yet. I mean, the Ravens' run defense is, is kind of marginal the defense and pass defense is number one in yards per play a lot actually by kind of a wide margin um so i'm not sure uh, and i guess puka might not play uh, that's a there we go with information again the rams defense is kind of middle of the road i i, I go back to the ravens uh, the rams being competitive when stafford's healthy and you know i think i might i gotta do a couple things here i think i might take the rams team total over which is about 18 and a half because i think whether they get a couple early or later, I think that the the pressure will be on them to score. So I, I think they ultimately get there if Baltimore forces them to catch up. And, you know, I, I don't know that I can bet the under. It's probably the right bet. I like a higher number. But what I tell you what I am going to do. I don't think the Ravens will lose. And there's another team I don't think is going to lose, and that's the New Orleans Saints. The Panthers have just come out with a, like a 20-person injury report. And I wouldn't have thought they would have as much of a chance anyway. But I think if you money line parlay the uh, the Saints to the Ravens, um, I know I, I bet it last night. It was only minus one fifteen. It might be more than that now. But that's what I'm going to do with the Ravens game. Yeah, I looked at it and I, I went through these games Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, the first thing I instantly kind of looked at was that under, kind of like you mentioned. The Rams, like you said, have an average defense. Obviously, Baltimore's is really good, but both teams have injuries to some key players. Obviously, Mark Andrews went down with that ankle the last couple of weeks. You mentioned Nakua. They're a little beat up. The weather wasn't going to be great. The first thought was an under. Well, that came and went, and now it's it's almost two, three points lower than what it was when I was going through these games. So I, I guess I would still lean with the under, but I'm with you with the Rams. I, I would probably take a touchdown here, and if I could get seven and a half, even better, especially because that total is cratering down and we know that there's bad weather. And you mentioned Baltimore and their future schedule. They're probably playing for that first overall seed, but they play at Jacksonville, 
at San Francisco, home against Miami, home against Pittsburgh to end the season, this isn't a game in which they need to blow the Rams out. So I, I would lean with the under, and if I had to make a play for this one official bet for a game, I'd probably take the Rams at seven and a half. Yeah, I definitely can see that, and I said the same thing. I mean, it's always an overreaction. People, you know, okay, Baltimore had a bye. They're going to win. I mean, not every team wins off of a bye. Okay, well, the Rams have injuries. Well, the Rams are still they, – they still have a decent roster. So, yeah, I would have to take the Rams. I mean, you know, probably Baltimore will win 27 to nothing and we'll both be screwed. But, you know, going into it, I, I have a hard time not taking seven and a half points, especially if there's a little bit of a weather issue, which there might be kind of on the eastern seaboard, maybe over through Ohio on Sunday. You know, that can be the great equalizer, especially – to a guy like Lamar Jackson that does have fumbleitis. Moving on to our second NFL game, it's going to be the Houston Texans traveling to New York to take on the Jets. Texans now down to three and a half point favorites. We have a total sitting there at 33 and a half. This one's interesting because the total and the spreads are both, you know, coming way down. Maybe that's the weather. Maybe that's uh, some sharp betters getting on the Jets. Dave, what do you think for this game? Yeah, I mean, I got away with teasing the Jets last week, and, and you know, I suppose I could again this week, but I, I'm just not going to do that. Um, you know, Houston hasn't been lighting it up on offense, and, 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 of course, now they don't have Tank Dell. I know Nico Collins had a career game against Denver, but the likelihood of that happening again is, is, is probably slim, especially against the Jets' defense. And the total was 35.5 on Monday, and quite frankly, I bet the under. Um, full disclosure, I believe it's 33 now. And I still like the under. I mean, I mentioned a while back, I don't know if it was here or on other podcasts or what, but these uh, NFL rookies are now playing, you know, their 13th-ish game. doesn't include preseason uh, and, and OTAs and other stuff. So they're already kind of exceeding anything they ever did in college. And, and they some of them will hit that rookie wall. Now, I'm not going to say C.J. Stroud is or C.J. Stroud will, uh, but it's definitely a factor. So... You know, I'm seeing little things that, that might mean that it's not enough. The point spread is not enough to get me to the Jets. Uh, a teaser, maybe. You know, I won't tease Houston down only because teasing favorites down has not been good to me. Uh, so uh, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I did bet at 35 and a half. I would still bet it now. I don't see how they get to 33 points. I know that uh, there could be bad weather. This game's playing in New York. I get that the Jets' defense on paper is a pretty good pass defense. I don't really have a play on the total. This game opened originally Houston minus 6.5. At what point is too low? When did it overcorrect? I think I'd want to play Houston minus the 3.5. I, I get that there's a lot of sharp money potentially on the Jets, but I just don't see it with the Jets. Uh, the Jets are – now they're trotting Zach Wilson back out there. There are reports that he didn't want to play – Clearly, there's been frustration from the defense and receivers on the Jets with the quarterback position. It feels like a team that sees the writing on the wall, that they're not making it to the postseason. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to come back and save them. I know Houston might have struggled and still got by the Broncos, but you know what? I think this offense is too good. I don't care if C.J. Stroud's playing his 14th game. I just know that Zach Wilson is playing in general. I'll take Houston minus the points. Well, I won't, I won't uh, disagree with your logic, but I won't lay three and a half points on the road in a low-scoring game. So what I would do, and don't mind my dogs that are barking because they do that, um, I would probably just go ahead and play the Houston money line. I mean, I'm not afraid of a little bit of juice. And, you know, if, if people are, then just lower your, lower your wage 
exposure a little bit and minimize your risk. That's the only thing I, I would do if I were going to bet Houston. Well, I think that's a, a good call from you when, you, when you're talking about maybe the, the Texans struggle to cover this because of the low total. Their money line right now is about minus 205. But if you look at the Vikings, who have a very similar, very close spread here, also at minus three, theirs is just minus 160. So clearly they're saying that the Texans have a much better odds of just straight up winning, even though the spreads are relatively close. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, when I'm giving out client picks, I I, I even tend to get too conservative, you know, uh, and not recommend they do what I do. I mean, I, I would just lay my same normal unit size on, on Houston, you know, plus the points, you know, and if I was a little worried about it, I'd do that and tease uh, the Jets up over 10 with someone else. I mean, I, I'm not averse to risk and that's a, you know, that's a risk I'd be willing to take for the fact of maybe, maybe hitting both sides of it because I don't think Houston will blow them out. All right. Looking at our third NFL game, we have these Seahawks traveling to San Francisco to take on the Niners currently Niners favored by 10 and a half total sitting there at about 46 and a half little NFC West interdivision matchup here, Dave, what are you thinking for Seahawks 49ers? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, I think San Francisco is gonna win the Super Bowl, but um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lay those big points. It's a division game, and last week one thing was made clear that I've known for a while: it's not McCaffrey or Kittle or the Niners' defense; it's Debo Samuel that gives them just a whole other dimension. And if you look back at the Niners' skin in October, Debo was out much of that. Um, but you know, I look at this game, and I won't lay double digits. I, I've made that pretty clear. So any bet would have to be a derivative. And I tell you what, I'm gonna do here. Um, if the 49ers get the opening kickoff, I'll take them for the first quarter minus three and a half because that would give them at least two possessions. But I think I'm going to look at the Seahawks team total over. It's around 18. Uh, why would I do that? Um, because they'll get into the end zone sooner or later when San Francisco's in a preventative sort of stay healthy defense. I don't think they have the motivation to mop the floor with Seattle like they did with the uh, with the Eagles. Another little tidbit. Well, we'll get to it later. I'm going to take the Seahawks, the uh, Seahawks team total. Uh, and if the 49ers put the opening kickoff, I'll take a minus three and a half in the first quarter. Yeah, this one, I'm all over the Seahawks. I pulled the trigger on Monday when it was 12 and a half. I think I would still play this one even at 10 and a half. What do you think, Dave, on that front? Yeah, I mean, there's no chance I would play 10 and a half. I mean, San Francisco is not going to have letdown mode, but, you know, it's a division game. And, and these two just played like a few weeks ago, I believe. So uh, in any division game, I'm, I'm, I'm highly unlikely to, to let. Well, never will I lay 10 and a half in a division game. I wouldn't say never. You know, if Miami were playing the Patriots right now, I might. But otherwise, no. Well, just in general, the Seahawks had extra rest playing, you know, a little mini-buy playing Thursday. Obviously, San Francisco had their... Seattle could have beaten Dallas. Yeah, they look good. But the 49ers, they kicked the crap out of Philly. But at the same time, they had that circled. They had extra rest. Philly was a little banged up. Now they got to fly back to the West Coast. And, and you mentioned how... These two teams already played. The 49ers kicked their ass. I could see them overlooking them a little bit because it was like, I think, 31 to 13. And they don't have to blow them out. And at the same time, you have the Seahawks who are basically playing for their postseason lives. So it's all hands on deck here. Again, I think the 49ers win this game. They win this game easily, but it's on cruise control and they win it by like a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I like the Seattle team total over. They'll get in the end zone. Uh, hopefully, hopefully three times or or two touchdowns and two field goals. 
But I, I do think I don't think they'll get manhandled the way maybe uh, the public might think. Now let's move to our fourth NFL game here. This will be the Sunday game of the week. It'll be the Buffalo Bills traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Currently, Chiefs favored by a point and a half. We have a total of forty-eight and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for Bills Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, talk about a must-win game for the Bills. I mean, if there ever was one, this is it. I mean, the Bills are six and six, and they're tied at six and six with the Broncos, uh, and behind four, seventh, and five teams for a wild card. So this is kind of playoff game for the Bills. You know, in spite of Kansas City not being the greatest show on turf, they got a two-game lead in the AFC West, and uh, they're probably not going to get the number one seed, but uh, they can all but eliminate the Bills, and I think that matters in the postseason. Buffalo's been in trouble for them. The Bills, they're actually the second highest scoring team in the AFC, uh, and they've given up the third least amount of points. So, you know, to put that in perspective, they've scored 101 more points than they've given up in their 500. And, you know, that kind of tells me all I need to know about trusting the Bills. And, you know, another odd thing from the Chiefs Packers box score, you know, um, the Chiefs only punted once uh, and they ran for 150 yards and still lost. I mean, I think we can all agree, again, that they aren't the greatest show on turf, but anything less than a field goal favorite at home, I mean, I think you have to like Kansas City on the money line here. And I do lean under. I mean, both defenses right now are considerably better than both offenses. So um, I like the Chiefs and I like the under. Uh, and having said that, I might as well take the Bills team total under as well. Yeah, I already pulled the trigger on this one, too. I took the under right with you, but I actually got a bad number right now. I'm at 47 and a half because uh, I think uh, this was a Tuesday bet and it's up to 48 and a half. But when I thought about this game, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, it's all of those games where they played 38 to 35 going back to 2018. These two teams are really a lot different than those teams of the past. I would say the Kansas City offense is the worst it's been in this time frame. The defense is better than it's been in, in this time frame. And the Bills offense isn't right. And the defense is banged up. I just thought overall, when you look at the pure numbers, both teams in the top eight against the pass this year, uh, if they both have maybe a little margin where they're going to outplay the opposing defense, it might be on the ground which means less possessions. Everything for me, this looked like an easy public over. I was going to take the under, and then I found some uh, underlying step that helped uh, support it. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, again, I think it's, I think, you know, it sucks that you don't have the greatest number. I, I mean, 48 is kind of, a, kind of a key number, but I do think that number will come back down at some point. I, I think that's probably public driving that money up. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. You have to be honest, right? Uh, when I say I got the Seahawks plus 12 and a half on Monday, I also have to admit that I got a bad number with the Bills and the Chiefs on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, that would piss me off actually more than more than losing the bet would. Even if I didn't, I mean, I it, happens, it happened to me a lot last night in college basketball. What I did was I left a lot of low-hanging fruit on the tree last night because uh, I the numbers moved so much that I didn't bet it, and I should have anyway, like every one of them won and covered. So that's my ongoing mental mental struggle. My mental masturbation is about numbers and whether I still bet it or don't. Let's turn to our final NFL game here. It's going to be Sunday night football. We got the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys currently favored by three, three and a half with a total sitting there at 51 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for our final game? 
Yeah, I, I like the Eagles plus three and a half here. Um, quite a bit, actually. You know, Dallas has has kind of been rolling along, but you know, we just said it a little bit ago. They almost lost to Seattle at home on Thanksgiving. But what have they done in this little run that they've that they've done? They, you know, they've beaten uh, you know Carolina, uh, Washington, I believe, and and I forget the third team, but it, it wasn't a very good team. So they haven't beaten anybody and. You know, okay, so yeah, the the Eagles got trounced by San Francisco, but so did Dallas not that long earlier. I guess it was a while ago. But you know, here's the thing: eight of the last nine teams that have played the 49ers have won or covered the following week. You know, they they just get made to look so bad that people, uh, you know, overreact to that. And I think that three times all year that the team that played the 49ers the following week didn't cover. You know, two of them was. One one was the Giants, one was Arizona, so go figure. Uh, and the other one was uh, Seattle, and, and you know, look what they did last week. So, I don't know, I mean, the other one was Tampa Bay, uh, and Tampa Bay actually covered uh, when they played the 49ers. So, yeah, I like the Eagles here, uh, plus three and a half. I don't really have a, a feeling for the side. I feel like this could very well be a, a three-point game here. I went through the box score the first time these two played, and, I know the Eagles won, but man, Dallas probably should have won. So it makes sense for why they're they're favored here at home, especially uh, with kind of how the Eagles feel like they're limping about here. But I actually looked at the under, and it's come down a point now since 52 and a half. But just in general, uh, the Cowboys should do pretty well stopping the Philadelphia pass game. Obviously, we know that Philly stops the run. I still have question marks about Dak and whether he can win without any type of a run game. He still scares me on on that front. But I just feel like both of these two teams know how important this game is. There might be a little bit of a feeling out process or maybe a, a slower start to this game. So I could very well see this game being like a 24 to 21, you know, whether that be the Eagles or the Cowboys. I just feel like it's going to be like a, a mid to lower 20s close three-point game. Yeah, well, I want Dak to throw for 400 yards and lose the game because I got an MVP ticket on Dak. I also, I'll throw you another one. I also put a put an MVP bet on on Tyreek Hill uh, at 16 to one because he he's probably going to get 2,000 yards receiving, uh, and he he could get it by default. So that's another sort of tidbit uh, that I'll throw out there. But yeah, I like the Eagles so. 24-21 is fine either way with me. So that'll do it for our NFL slate of games. Again, if you want to get any more of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler or some of his work at pregame.com. Uh, Dave, before we wrap this up, do you have anything else that's caught your eye in the NFL? Um, No, I, I'm not enamored with this week's card much at all. Um, I had to do another podcast where I had to give out best bets and you know, I struggled to find them. It's uh, it's just not one of those weeks where I'm like, you know, things are things are jumping out at me. I mean, I just don't. I, I would love to throw you guys more bones, but um, I've just sort of given you everything I got. I'm kind of right there with you. I feel like most weeks I can come up with, if we're looking at sides, totals, or derivatives, probably five to seven that I feel pretty confident in. Uh, this week, I'm currently at four. And that's for the first four days of the week for the morning show. Uh, the two that we didn't discuss, I do kind of like the Broncos and Chargers over 43 and a half. And uh, 
the Indy Cincinnati game, I'm a little late to the party, but I think if Jake Browning shows up and is half as decent as he was on Monday night, I think that game goes over because of the two Civ defenses. And that's uh, over. Yeah, you might be right. Now, actually, there's a couple other ones I've just, you know, kind of. I, I think Denver catching points at, at the Chargers is solid. Uh, and I like your uh, your Packers Giants game to stay under on uh, on Monday night. Hey, just as long as the Packers win. Yeah, I mean the Giants won't get to ten, so that shouldn't be hard. Go pack, go! We've had quite the last month. Yeah, I mean they don't have any reason. They're off of a, a big game with the with the Chiefs. I, I, you know, I, I can see that being a, you know, twenty three to ten type game. Dave, Packer fans in the last month have been, we should bench Jordan Love for Sean Clifford. We should fire Matt LaFleur around week nine to Matt LaFleur should be coach of the year and Jordan Love could potentially win an MVP. I'm not kidding you. Those have been the wide that's, spectrum that, That's days. standard operating procedure in every uh, – in the 31 other NFL cities too, you know. Um oh. You know, my Patriots were, you know, okay, we're not going to suck that bad. And now it's please keep losing so we can have the number one draft pick, which they'll just, they'll just F that up too. But yeah, that's, that's the public. That's why we, that's why sharp batters make money. And there you go. That'll, that'll do it for this episode of the winner's take. Again, we just ask that you please listen, share, and, and subscribe. Just keep passing along to your friends. We'll be here next week. We will dive into more college bowl games specifically and continue to look at the NFL. So uh, until then, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe. Subscribe.